Hey, everybody. Welcome to Lady of Light Podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Ricker. John 1.5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I spoke uh, last episode about if we really are honest with ourselves, a lot of us want to pick parts of the Bible that are the most comfortable for us and that which fits into our lifestyle. And as I was talking to my good friend, she wanted she shared with me about what God had put on her heart, and I wanted her to be able to share that today. So we have a special guest, my special friend, Lori Lee Fields. <laughs> Welcome, Lori Lee. So glad to have you. Thank you. Um, her and her husband, Owen, are here at the Waterfront Church, and they are such a blessing. They help us in so many ways. And Honestly, Lori Lee, it's just been so amazing to watch God work in the both of you, the way he's grown y'all, matured y'all in your faith. So I'm super excited for everybody to hear what you have to share today. <laughs> well, thank you. It's um, It's been a growing challenge, but it's been fun. Um, so one day I heard the Lord say, all say how much they want to be Christ-like, but are they really willing to bear this image of mine? And what I believe I w- was being shown and hearing is that we want to only be the parts of Jesus we like most about him. And the image I got was miming, mimicking those we think we are living a full, abundant life. Okay, that makes sense. So give me some examples. So some want to be like people who they see as charming, having charisma or quote-unquote swags like celebrities, musicians, or athletes. Right. Some want to be like people who have wisdom and lack concern for what others think, like grandparents, other people's parents, elders in their life. Some um, want to be like people who are generous, talented, and have endurance. And I've heard these are what they call super Christians. Okay. So the example that came up for me personally was when I am, when I'm older, I would like to be this lady in my life, Miss Jennifer. She is so kind, humble in her relationship with God, generous, and she is not timid, but confident when speaking about Jesus in scripture. She is, she is spirit led and filled. Um, There is nothing wrong with wanting to attain these attributes of Miss Jennifer, but I am to take it as an encouragement and not idolizing it. Um, these attributes that she has ha- are what she's allowed Holy Spirit to bring out in her because I believe that is how God chose to shine his glory in her and to minister to others. Okay, so this is a great example because it is easy for us to idolize someone and to get our focus off of Jesus. Not that we actually cut these people out of our life, right? Because mm-hmm. real idols are the ones that are going to take us away from God. But this person, like Miss Jennifer in your life, she has been an example for yes. you and has helped want you to be more Christ-like, to be more like that. So you don't cut her out of your life. But again, your focus is back on Jesus, realizing mm-hmm. you're not supposed to idolize someone. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, and um, I asked the Lord what scripture... And I heard John 15, and specifically the verses 18 and 19. It says, if the world hates you, understand it hated me before it hated you. If you were, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Okay, so this is definitely one of those scriptures that is definitely hard, right? <laughs> yes. Because none of us want to be hated. No. And unfortunately, me and my life, the life that 
God has chosen for me and lived out. Like I've had a lot of experience with this and being hated by people and it's super hard and painful, but understanding again that God has chosen us, that he loves us. And if we could just live from the fact that he loves us, we're not living from it for anyone else's love or approval. We're living for him. Mm-hmm. And if we could just stand on that love and live that out, then that would really change our perspective and how we walk out this Christian life. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so the people we rarely ever say we want to be like are, are like our parents. We don't want to look like them in our appearance, in the way we handle life, and especially the hard parts of life. Some would even say, especially me, wouldn't want to laugh like them either. It's true. <laughs> Most of us do grow up not wanting to be like our parents. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I spent my whole life barricading myself from looking and sounding like my mom. Why? Because I thought she was boring had, and had a strict life. I didn't want to have a boring, strict life. I didn't want to be called Lil Renee. I wanted to be called Lil Anna. I really wanted to be like my auntie. I wanted to not only look like her, but to be beautiful, smart, talented, creative, and hip. I wanted everyone to love me the way she was and still is loved. I clung to her every chance I got. And you know what I got? Oh, hello, little Anna. Dang, she is your mini-me for sure. That's your brother's kid? She looks just like you. And they would laugh, and typically Filipinos laugh at everything, especially after they said something. (laughs) Um, I was so proud that when I heard that, I wore as a crown. As a crown. And um, when I moved away, uh, she was no longer around to to mimic, but my mom was. And I secretly thought that it was our life's mission not to grow up looking like our parents. For about 10, 11 years, I did all that I could to find someone else, a friend, and even my mom's friends to cling to. I was noticing more and more and more that I was starting to reflect my mom. I noticed it in the way we communicate, in the way we treat others, in the way we laugh at whatever, in the way we curl our toes when we were standing in one pl- one position. I was so bothered by the way she did that. <laughs> um, I loathed looking like her. I absolutely did. Uh, mom's not cool, so therefore she's not one to cling to. The word um, inevitable hit me one day. It hit me right on the forehead, seeping its way through my skin and skull to reach my brain, then trickle all the way down to my heart. I heard the words, it is inevitable that you're going to inherit these traits, habits, and appearances, no matter how far you run from it. I also realized that the more one runs from something that isn't appealing to someone, like the traits of parents, the more one actually starts to look like them. Yeah. Um, And what I believe the Lord is saying to me about this is don't just want to inherit the parts you like about me, because once you cling to me, once you learn how to abide in me, you'll start to notice that the parts you don't like too much about me are ones that are also going to be inherited. Um, Again, in John 15, verse 18, if the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. So 
So in the beginning of this chapter, Jesus talks about being the true vine, to abide in him, to remain in his love. Jesus is loving. Yes, especially in ways that's not like the world's ways of loving. Yeah, this is this is so true because Jesus, it wasn't like he came and just said, stay as you are. Mm -hmm. Jesus came and showed us who the Father was and through the Holy Spirit that we could have change in our life. So it's come as you are, but it's not stay as you are. And mm -hmm. the world's version and way of love is just... Just tolerate it, right? Yes. Just let everybody be them. Yeah. You be you, I'll be yeah. me. Yeah. And But that is not Christ-centered love at all. Right, right. His love is the realist. It's honest. It convicts. It plows, threshes, uproots, tears down walls that we may have spent building. His love brings tears that are full of pain, yet healing. And his love is perfect, casting out all fear. The world hates Jesus because it sees what it can't be. The one who hates Jesus wants to live life the way he thinks it should be lived. But Jesus exposes the true intention of why the one who hates chooses the way life should be lived, separate from God. Jesus act out of obedience alone because it, it brought powerful conviction that the religious rulers, Pharisees, teachers of the law, have tried to do through their performance of loving the law. They love the law over loving the one who gave the law. Absolutely. This um, this right here is showing that knowledge without relationship. Like we can know a lot about God and who he is. We can study his word. But if we're not actually taking the time and building a relationship with him mm -hmm. by praying, by listening mm -hmm. to his voice and walking in obedience, we're not really knowing Jesus. So that, yeah, it's knowledge without power. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so back to my childhood, um, I was so determined not to be my mom's mini-me. It made me extremely narrow-minded. And a narrow... A narrow road leads to eternal life, but a narrow mind leads to shattered expectations. Um, I had stepped away from my mom's love, let alone getting to know her, because I didn't like the way her life looked to me. I completely canceled her out because it wasn't something I thought I needed. So when we are truly, truly abiding in Jesus, remaining in his love, and I think of this as cultivating in his love, we are able to gain a deeper understanding of why there is a hole within us that is only sized to fit the one true God. Absolutely. So this is how I saw the Lord work in my relationship with my mom. When Owen and I were going through premarital and postmarital counseling, our counselor said, you'll start to notice things your parents do coming out in your marriage, especially when things aren't going your way. There was laughter, but truthfully... I didn't like hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> before I came to an understanding with what was spoken to me a year before getting married, it's inevitable that you're going to inherit traits, habits, and appearance no matter how far you run from it. But I truly didn't surrender my feelings about it and continue to do my best to dodge it. So uh, maybe a month or two before the wedding, I found out my family wasn't able to make it out. This, w this also forced me to talk to my mom a lot. I was so sad that they couldn't make it, but I didn't think it would affect me the way I was going to, it was going to affect me the way I was going to handle the wedding stuff. 
my mom is more of a planner than I am. So it sort of took me into a mental breakdown knowing she wasn't going to be physically available. How everything worked out, I believed was divinely interrupted. One of the things that was interrupted caused, um, it caused me to let my mom in. Remember, I didn't want to let her alone, let her, um, let her in. Um, but I will be forever grateful for God's interruptions. So my mom became a mom at 17, had her fourth child at 34. Without realizing it, I allowed myself to come into agreement with judgment to have scales be put over my eyes and my heart. I did not see the moment of the amount of unconditional love my mom had for my siblings and I. I watched my mom struggle and I judged her for it, for instead of walking alongside that sacrifice she was called to walk through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me think Peter was the first to, to make a stand for Jesus when, he, when many deserted him. Jesus asked the 12, are you going to leave me? Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe we, and we know you are the Holy One of God. Jesus' disciples left him to be judged by people who didn't even know him. The 12 had their expectations destroyed of who they thought the Messiah was. Again, a narrow road leads to eternal life, but a narrow mind leads to shattered expectations. The Jews poured over the scriptures thinking that they had eternal life in them. And yet the scriptures testified about Jesus. Um, They weren't willing to come to him so that they may have life. They let pride and jealousy mask their eyes and ears. The world hates Jesus and it judged and continues to judge him. When we let Jesus in and him in us, and I mean so exposed, so naked before him that it feels almost borderline embarrassing, letting ourselves be so vulnerable before him that it's hard to move forward from seeing those deep, dark secrets be at his feet, then will we experience such a deep washing and exfoliation happening in the depths of our souls from his goodness, his grace, his perfect love, all because of letting him in and him in us. If you're asking him to make you more Christ-like, then I encourage you to let the gardener be the gardener. The gardener is also the cultivator. This is so true. You know, when we think of gardening, a lot of times we just picture that fruit and the vegetables growing, everything's green and so beautiful, but... There's so much work. I mean, getting your hands Mm. dirty, pulling up the weeds, Mm -hmm. trying to constantly tend to it. And that's what it's like in our relationship with God. We really allow God to work in us. Then we've got to allow him to pull those things out of us that do not reflect him. Yeah. 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 And um, a year ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, cultivate in my love and I will put a passion in you. Mm. It's taken me a year to realize what he really meant and I was led to Psalm 46:10 be still and know that I am God the Christian Christian standard uh, Bible says fight stop your fighting and know that I am God mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29 11 
says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. His plans are to grow and reveal to you who you are in his eyes. His word does not return void. Amen. We have the promise of inheritance of salvation. We walk in faith knowing that we are fully equipped to handle the sly thefts that come our way to steal what he has given us. Jesus showed us how to be courageous when the seas and winds are raging. He showed us how to properly reflect the heart of God, especially in the midst of our adversaries. He showed us how to walk in confidence and humility while carrying the sword of the Spirit. He taught us that we are not to be apologetic or unashamed of the gospel message. Um, these are all good things to ask. Yet, are we ready to really be in school, to go through the training courses, to experience the growing pains? And the biggest one, have the world hate us? Easier said than done, but is this a challenge you're willing to rise up with the Lord in? We ask Jesus to make us more like him. I believe he's asking, are you willing to walk in my way to bear the image of me? Are you ready to be my people? Amen. It's definitely a challenge for sure for all of us believers and understanding that to truly reflect Christ and be his image bearer, like all the things that you're sharing, we have to take a hold of the whole gospel mm -hmm. and we have to allow him to work in us and through us, even those things that we don't want. Like yeah. we don't want the world hating us. We <laughs> don't want to feel the pain of those things. But mm -hmm. yeah, Lori Lee, I really appreciate you sharing all of this. Your heart Thank is you. so beautiful. I love, um, the revelation that God gave you through this. So again, thank you so much for sharing yeah, this with us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. Let's pray. Yes. Father, I thank you so much. God, thank you for your word and who you are. God, I thank you for my dear friend, Laura Lee. God, for the way you've been growing her and challenging her. And God, the way you've been speaking to her. And God, thank you for how you spoke through her today, through your word, through scripture, their own experience, God through her own childhood, God, you are opening up her eyes and showing her that you've been with her all along. And God, that you are training her up and you're raising her for the purpose that you have for her life. God, I thank you that you're wanting to do that in all of our lives as believers. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray that you would help us to surrender, mm -hmm. that you would help us to lay down our own expectations. God, that you would help us to lay down our selfishness and our complacency of what we think should happen in our lives and how it should happen. God, I pray that we would lay our hearts bare before you. God, we would allow you to bring things up to the surface, to pull out those weeds, to cultivate your love within us so that your love can flow out through our lives. God, we know that our world is so dark. Our world is so divided, Father. But love conquers all. And it's not a worldly love. It is not man's love of just tolerance and acceptance. Mm -hmm. God, it is a love with power and truth. Truth mm -hmm. that sets us free. So, Father, we pray, God, that as us as believers, that we would be surrendered to you and allow you to do what you want to do in and through us. Father, Laura, Lee, and I come into agreement. And we pray for our city, that this city would be a city on a hill. God, shining forth your light and your truth in the darkness. God, let our church 
be a place of truth, be a place of light and love for this city. Father, I pray that you would pour out your spirit, that you would bring forth revival all across our nation, all across the world, that your truth would be proclaimed, that your people would rise up with a whole sword, the sword of the spirit, knowing how to rightly divide your word and to speak forth your truth in love. Mm-hmm. Father, thank you that nothing is too difficult. Nothing is impossible with you. We trust you with our lives and our hearts. We trust you with our city and our nation. Lord, we trust that your plan, your purpose, and your heart mm-hmm. will come forth. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Be blessed. Stand strong. Pick up your sword, the word of God, and fight in the power of his strength and love.